Hey, welcome everybody to Sunday Night Live. Uh, wherever you are watching throughout the world, want to thank you for joining us. And uh, it's kind of cool to be able to do this, isn't it? So one week and Christmas is here. Two weeks and we have our New Year's Eve prophecy update two weeks from yesterday, that is. I hope that y'all can join us. Uh, certainly throughout the world, we'll be live streaming, but also if you're in Southern California, uh, we'll be at the 412 Church in San Jacinto, where we were last year, and Billy Crone uh, zoomed in. This year, Brandon Holthouse will be joining us live. It's going to be a great time if you're in the vicinity. Uh, come on by. We're going to be starting at 5 p.m. We'll have the info up on the events page on Hope for Our Times on the app and also on the website uh, tomorrow. So uh, look forward to seeing. Might even have it up tonight. Could even be up right now. I don't know. <clears throat> but it will be up by tomorrow. So I hope that you can join us going to be terrific. Um, and I'll, t I'll, I'll wait till, uh, well, we don't have a lot of time left. It's only two weeks from yesterday. So here's the deal. With Brandon, we're going to be talking about things you can't normally talk about. We're going to be looking at uh, big stories of 2022. We're going to project into 2023 well, between the two of us where we see things going. And we're going to start to get a taste of it in just a few minutes tonight. Um, and Brandon and I are going to develop these a lot more as we look at this great reset. Man, it is coming. Uh, but the entirety of the evening won't be able to be on YouTube. It'll be on the app, on the website, and, and uh, Roku. But we'll start off everywhere, but we're going to get into some areas that are a little bit sensitive. So um, we'll start, start everywhere, and then uh, it won't be on YouTube the entire time because uh, obviously there will be some... Uh, challenges there. People are asking me also why we don't have, why don't I don't have the worship on Sunday morning if you watch the church services that we do. Uh, why We cut it out about four weeks ago. The problem is for some reason I've become, it seems a, a target or something, I don't know. So we have a copyright thing. So uh, can't have the music there. Um, and uh, so even, even with our own worship team. So it, it just is what it is, but we're just moving forward. And with that, I would still encourage you to like and share this and subscribe if you haven't yet. Helps us to get the word out there. And uh, looking forward to taking your questions on the app and on uh, YouTube uh, when, when I wrap up here in just a little bit. And then tomorrow, my guest at 2 o'clock is going to be Olivier Melnick. And my guest on Tuesday is going to be Alex Newman. Alex Newman was just at the COP27 meeting in Egypt. Alex, get this, he interviewed the people that had their Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. He didn't interview with them, so it's going to be a wild time. That's going to be uh, tomorrow with Olivier, Tuesday with Alex Newman, and then on Wednesday, it'll be just be uh, by myself. Look forward to taking your questions. Uh, and, uh, so let's get going. Ready? Okay, I think that's all I have for right now. So we're in Micah. We're continuing with the Minor Prophets, uh, Micah chapter 4. Uh, title of tonight is When Jesus Comes Back. And baby, it is going to be um, pretty nice. Uh, now, before we get to Jesus coming back, I'm going to give you some things that might bother you a little bit. But check this out. Um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I, I can never pronounce his name right. But look at what he said here. We know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know we know they are lying. We know they know that they are lying. 
We know, they know, we know they are lying, uh, but they are still lying. Folks, if that doesn't describe what's going on today, man, I look at that and go, indeed it is. Uh, so we're going to come back and visit this and a lot of other things here in just a minute. But let's set this up because uh, we didn't quite finish chapter three last time. And then uh, chapter four, it's going to get into some pretty incredible things uh, during the millennial kingdom. But let's look at chapter three. Uh, last few verses, we didn't get to them last time. And uh, this is what the Bible says, chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. The Lord says, uh, actually beginning in verse 5, Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets, or the false prophets, you could say, who make my people stray, who, who chant peace while they chew with their teeth, but prepare war against him who puts nothing into their mouth. So uh, the, the, the fake prophets are saying, hey, everything's peace, everything is safety, while all along they are plotting against them. Remember we saw that last time also. Uh, you have the leaders of Israel and Judah, they're laying in bed at night thinking, hey, um, how, can we, uh, how can we take advantage of the people? How can we steal everything they got? And when they wake up in the morning, they would implement uh, what they came up with in their plans in the middle of the night. Why? Because the Bible told us in Micah chapter 3, I think it was in verses 1 and 2, that they had the power to do it. Here we see at the end of chapter 3, they had the false prophets that went along with it. The false prophets, the false priests, they're chanting, peace, peace, everything's going to be okay. Just do what the leaders tell you to do. Doesn't that sound like today? It continues, therefore, you shall have night without vision, you shall have darkness without divination, the sun shall go down on the prophets, and the day shall be dark for them. This is the false prophets. So the seers shall be ashamed. They're, they were liars. Uh, and, and they're going to be ashamed. They're going to be exposed for the lies that they actually told. When you hear these false uh, preachers out there and uh, false religious leaders, that you know they're lying. Back to what I just said. We know they're lying. They know they are lying. They know that we know they are lying. But they lie anyways, Right? God says, I'm going to deal with that, so don't let it bother you too much. Indeed, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer uh, from God. But truly, I am full of power by the Holy Spirit of the Lord, and of justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. So here Micah is saying, listen, God has empowered me. He's filled me. I'm called by God to preach the truth. If you don't like it, it's your problem. I'm telling you, there's sin, and you guys need to repent. And you have these lying religious leaders who are going along with the entire system. They're the most appalling of all. Now hear this, you heads of the house of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel, who abhor justice and pervert all equity. Isn't that what happens now? They say, oh, we love justice. No, they don't. They hate it. And they, they, they flip the scales. Um, it's, that's what, that was happening here. They pervert all equity. They say, oh, well, let's make everything equal. No, 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 that's not what they're doing. They're destroying every class of people that they possibly can under their lies, under their hypocrisy. Who built up Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with iniquity. Her heads judge for a bribe. Her priests teach for pay. Listen, you're just doing this for money. Uh, you, the, the, the judges, the priests, the prophets... For a bribe. Hey, you say this, y'all. Uh, how many people do we know now have been getting paid off just to go along with the system? Think of how many people were paid off by the U.S. government to just go along with the system and close your church doors. I know that's a strong statement, but I mean, you start thinking about it. And then, listen, once you start going down that slippery slope, 
do you ever get to a point where, where uh, it makes it really hard to start calling out the truth of what's really happening and saying, hey man, look what the government is doing. No, once you start taking the handouts from the government, baby, they got you and they know it. For and her profits, divine for money, for yes, they lean on the Lord and say, is not the Lord among us? In other words, they're lying. They're saying the Lord is with us. Uh, the Lord's not with them. Remember that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, the people, the religious people say, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name and this, and we did that in your name. Hey! And then a couple of verses later, the Lord says, I never knew you. You didn't know me. I didn't know you. You just used my name. You invoked my name into your conversations to steal from the people. That's what they're saying here. Is not the Lord among us? No harm can come to us because we proclaim the name of the Lord. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed like a field. Jerusalem shall become heaps of ruins and the mountains of the temple like the bare hills of the forest. So stop here for a couple of minutes and let, let, let me just bring in a few items to help connect uh, because after we get through these items, let me tell you this. These items are going to be a little bit disturbing to you, but we've got some great news. The rest of it is fantastic because Jesus is coming back and that's what the rest of it is really all about at the end of at the end of Armageddon when everything is glorious. But until then, God says in Micah chapter 3, the judgment of Israel and Judah in the past, and then the judgment still coming in the future, the lying prophets, the lying priests, the lying politicians, the lying judges, all of that stuff going on then, history repeats itself. So going back to these words, we know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know we know they are lying. We know they know we know they are lying, but they are still Line. All right. So let's look at some of these lies right now. UK government report demands closure of all airports by 2050 to meet climate change targets and fuels uh, fear of climate lockdowns. Man, fears of climate lockdowns. Every time I see this with fear, I cannot help but think of the words of Jesus where he says um, in Luke chapter 21, men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of things coming upon the planet. And that's what they're saying. All airports are going to have to change. Fears of climate lockdowns. I'm telling you this. Uh, I, I've been saying it over and over and over for months, even years now. You can check messages out of mine from years ago, and I'd start a warning about the laws that were going to come because the climate laws. And other people are writing me all the time saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, and we're really killing everybody and everything, and we need to stop driving cars and all that nonsense. Listen, it is nonsense. We have entered into the place of, of earth worship. Check this out. Next article, along the same lines. At UN Summit in Montreal, Envoy's hopeful major deal to save nature is within reach. Oh no, if we don't do this, everybody's going to die and it's your fault because you preach these things. I mean, that's what, the, that's what they're doing. Look at that. We're going to major deal to save nature without this. Hey, let's get AOC involved. Well, let's look at this next one. Check this out. This is today from the American Thinker. Check it out. Look at that. December 18, 2022. New York senator proposes bill, look at this, to allow residents to sue oil companies for climate negligence. Baby, let the games begin because I'm telling you, we are going to have some fireworks going off in 2023. Okay, there's more. You ready for this? Check this out. Experts sound alarms as Canada expands euthanasia to cover mental illness. 
listen, for all of our viewers up in Canada, and there are a lot of, uh, we have a lot of viewers up in Canada. Man, it is unbelievable what's happening there. I was reading some more things going on in Australia today. I don't know if I have any of the articles for that yet, but I'm looking going Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. But you look at this euthanasia to cover mental illness. Last week, we talked about the homeless thing uh, with uh, Canada, euthanasia. Listen, Hitler began like this. Well, let's get rid of the undesirables. Let's get rid of the mentally ill. Let's get rid of those who are physically handicapped. This is how Hitler started. So we're seeing this, but, but, but the thought is global. And as we're watching this homeless crisis all over the Western world develop, I'm telling you, it's going to switch to the point they're going to say, not just in Canada, we're going to start hearing it grow. Well, we're going to deal with this homeless problem and people are, it's going to be spun as this is the right thing to do. So did Nazi Germany, history repeats itself. Okay, not done yet. Ready? Look at this. This is from the Defender. Euthanasia, even among children, is on the rise. What's driving the trend to market death? It is lies. It is evil. It is wicked. It's the devil. Okay, back to the quote from the beginning. They know, we know they're lying. They know we, uh, they're lying. They know that we know they are lying. Well, guess what else? Um, here's another lie. Check this one out. I mean, it's true, but I mean, okay, I, I think there's something to this. Check this one out. Newsom warns Biden's border policies are about to break California. What? Boiling point in a surprising rebuke of the president, the California governor um, said legal immigration, illegal immigration is a problem. Yeah, okay. Look at that again. Let me read it again. Newsom warns Biden's border policies are about to break California. Listen, that would not have been said by Newsom here in California unless there's, there's something going on behind the scenes. This is my belief. I believe that it is a matter of time before Biden is gone. Something's going to happen. Uh, people are ticked. We see what's happening with Twitter. Things are starting to get exposed. Uh, the Biden family is absolutely, totally corrupt. Uh, could it be that the Biden family is going to uh, be taking the fall that they never wanted to take in order to save the deep state or whatever, this shadow government thing that's going on? I also believe this. Newsom wouldn't have said that. Listen, we all know that the border policy is a problem. Obviously, you guys over there in Texas, y'all know that. Arizona, well, we know it here in California too. But So Newsom just admits what we all know. What do I think? This is a ploy to be president. And I do believe he is the pick of these, this shadow government or whatever it is. He's, he's, a, he's much smoother than, than Biden. I mean, he's still got issues. He's smarter than Biden. I didn't say he's a genius, but he's smarter than Biden. And you start looking going, okay, he's, I believe that's what this is about. He's their pick. Biden's going to be pushed out of the way one way or another. He's going to be removed. They got scapegoats coming. They can do mental all kinds of cognitive things with Biden. Listen, watch this. Newsom didn't just say this because he really felt it, although it really is true. Nah, he wouldn't have said it um, unless there's something else going on. Let's move on. So keep an eye on that one, all right? Keep an eye on it. Okay, let's not stop here. Much more. Kissinger, it's time for negotiated peace in Ukraine to avoid world war. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Kissinger, man, he's always about the peace plans, isn't he? All right, negotiate a peace in Ukraine to avoid world war. Okay, good old Kissinger. Now check out this one. This is from CBN. They just did a, uh, you can check this out, video on this. 
Um, Abraham Accords Summit in Rome strengthens Middle East relations. Um, so, I, listen, I, I did a video on the Abraham Accords just the other day. I think it was Wednesday. And the Abraham Accords, you're going to start hearing a lot more about them. So I, I find this interesting. Abraham Accords Summit in Rome strengthens Middle East relations. Right, Abraham Accords aren't going away. Uh, check this next article out. All Arab News. Netanyahu vows to forge historic peace treaty with Saudi Arabia to end Arab-Israeli conflict once and for all, but says fresh thinking is needed. Folks, I am telling you, it is, I mean, you look at all the different things that are going on. I'm going to have a few more here for you here in just a second. And you go, isn't it rather remarkable that all of these things are converging at the like exact same time. This whole, I'm looking at the Abraham Accords and this whole rush toward peace. Um, Kissinger, we gotta go, we gotta have peace before we have worldwide war, uh, World War III. So you start looking at all of this, what do they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction. Now I believe that First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, when they say peace and safety is a time after the rapture, and they believe they've actually achieved it because then sudden destruction comes upon them after time they think they've actually achieved it. Um, but uh, we hear this talk, and folks, it's coming, and it's coming to Israel, and I don't know how soon it's coming, but it is coming to Israel. Ultimately, there's going to be a covenant that's going to be confirmed. I'm not saying the Abraham Accords is that covenant of Daniel chapter 9, but it is just fascinating to watch this and the excitement of people throughout the world saying we're almost there. Look at this one, a chairman of the world. This is from now the end begins, like who Danny Danone uh, says, it's only a matter of time before a leader uh, steps out from the shadows to create Mideast peace. Okay, not done yet, all right, not done yet. Um, if you look at that and you go, only a matter of time before a leader steps out from the shadows, somebody hidden, to create that Middle East peace. Wow, talk about walking into a trap. Um, and then there is this, of course, you guys have already seen this. This is gonna be, we're gonna be dealing with this on New Year's Eve too, because it is a big deal. This is that new uh, Bill Gates um, uh, contagion um, scenario that they've got out there with Johns Hopkins University. And you look at this and what is it? Well, in 2025, they project the possibility of this contagion that's going to affect young people. And think of Event 201, right? <clears throat> so there you go. That's going to be a topic that we're going to deal with come uh, uh, New Year's Eve. And then back to this. We know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know that we know they are lying. We know they know we are lying, but they are still uh, lying. Um, amazing. Amazing these days. Okay. I actually have a few more things I want to get to tonight, um, but I want to get to Micah also, and I want to get to your questions. So um, let's see, what should I do here? Uh, did you, I, just so much. All right. Let me, let's get through Micah, and then if I have enough time before your questions, I'm going to get to the, these other few things I want to get to because, um, because yeah, we need to. Okay. Uh, in chapter four of Micah, check this out. Um, so we just saw in chapter three, read it beforehand, you false prophets, false priests, false judges, false 
uh, leaders in every category. And God says, I'm going to judge you. You're lying. You're, you're promising peace. You're saying, you're prophesying. Just go along with everything. You, you, you prophets even devise evil plans. And, so, and, you, and you invoke my name. You won't even call sin, sin. None of that stuff. But then God, so he says, judgment's coming to Israel. Judgment's coming to Judah. In other words, to Samaria and to Babylon. Um, but then you hit chapter 4, and all of a sudden, Micah launches us into the future, into the millennial kingdom. So let's go there because this is some really great news. This is, this is what you call happy news. This is when Jesus comes back. Look at this, Micah chapter 4, and we need this. After, with all the bad news, this is what we need. Now shall come to pass in the latter days, Micah chapter 4, verse 1, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Uh, in a nutshell, real quick, what is this talking about? This is talking about the time when Jesus comes back, and all of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we've already been raptured. We're coming back with him, and we're going to be going to Jerusalem. We're going to be going to the mountain of the Lord. We're going to be going to the temple. Jesus is going to be there. I love that. Let me see. See that picture behind me? See, there it is, right? You guys see that? That gold dome? Right there. There's going to be the temple of the Lord's going to be over there. That is going to be outrageous. I love going to the Mount of Olives and telling people, hey, look over my shoulder you see that the, 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 there used to be a temple right there and, and when Jesus gave all of the discourse. And you want to know what? There's going to be another temple. Jesus is coming back. He's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. It, folks, is going to be absolutely amazing. And that's what Micah is talking about when we go there. And we, when we go there to worship the Lord, he shall judge, verse 3, between many peoples and rebuke strong nations uh, afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. What's that? Uh, Isaiah also used that same, uh, those also the exact same words that Isaiah used. Isaiah chapter 2, uh, where you'll turn uh, 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 swords into plowshares. In other words, it'll no longer be war, it'll be about farming. What's interesting is the UN building in New York, there's a, a monument to the UN. And it takes Isaiah's passage, also the same one here from Micah chapter 4, and they, they, give, they apply that to themselves. This is, this is the hypocrisy of the UN. The UN takes these Old Testament passages, applies them to themselves, and says, hey, um, let's beat our, uh, we're, the UN is going to make sure we control everything. We bring peace to planet Earth. We bring this utopian kingdom with our elite leaders. And they will beat their swords into plowshares. The UN says we're going to achieve that. No, it's amazing because the UN hates God, hates the Word of God, hates the Bible, but yet they'll bring Bible verses and say, oh, well, this applies to us. No, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is coming back. It's going to be awesome. And their spears into pruning hooks. Neither shall they learn war anymore, but everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree. No one shall make uh, them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken for all the people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord, our God forever 
and ever. We will always walk in the name of the Lord our God. We're going to be in the presence of the Lord. It is going to be just absolutely incredible. So the first thing we see here in uh, verses 1 through 8, we'll read a few more verses in just a second, is Israel in glory. In the words of H.A. Uh, Ironside, Harry Ironside, almost 50 years before the reestablishment of the nation of Israel, he wrote about the restoration of Israel. He wrote about a future millennial kingdom that it would be fact and it would happen. Why did Harry Ironside 50, almost 50 years before Israel became a nation again in 1948, why did he say it will happen? He believed it. He wrote about it. It was in the Bible. And he said, because it's in the Bible, it is going to happen. If you look back in history, there were uh, Bible commentators and, and authors and uh, sages. If you go back in, in history, you can even go centuries before Israel was a nation again. Most commentators said Israel's never going to be a nation again. But there were those that believed in the Bible. They believed it to be true. One of them, Harry Ironside and some more, uh, believed it to be true. And they said, no, the Bible says this. It is going to happen exactly as the Bible says it's going to happen. Then when it happened, we have people in our day say, oh, it's just a coincidence. Oh, it's all fake or something like that. People within uh, churches say that uh, kind of thing. Listen, this is just a reminder, if you stick to God's word, no matter what the odds are against you or against that thing, no matter what the odds are by your, uh, by your human logic as you're looking at things, that's impossible. Uh, Jesus is never going to come back. Um, that's impossible. Israel's never going to be this great nation. Um, it, it's impossible. There's never going to be a temple built in Jerusalem again. Uh, it, it's impossible. Russia's never going to line up with with Iran and Turkey and come against Israel. It's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. We'll never have lockdowns, it's impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, you believe what the Bible says and these things will be. Um, the verses that we just read, they speak to the millennial kingdom. Uh, something else, okay, so when Jesus comes back, he's coming out of the sky. Uh, and uh, he's going to be on his white horse, Revelation 19. If you're a believer, we're going to be coming back with him. We're going to be on white horses. It's going to be absolutely terrific. Uh, Don Perkins already has his, horses, his horse named. Nellie, whoa, Nellie, he's going to be saying when he comes back to planet Earth. Uh, but he's, we're going to be coming back. And then when Jesus comes back to Armageddon, he casts Antichrist and false prophet into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And then he goes and he stands his feet on the Mount of Olives and the Mount of Olives splits in two. However, good question, how do we even know the millennial kingdom is real? How do we know it's really going to happen? Because you guys probably have friends who say, ah, it's just a bunch of hogwash. It's never going to happen. Again, I go back to Harry Ironside. It's in the Bible, therefore I believe it. Sure enough, Israel became a nation again. The millennial kingdom, it's in the Bible. Therefore, I believe it's going to happen. Well, some people say, yeah, it's a misinterpretation. So there's three uh, main views on the millennial kingdom. Uh, the first one is millennial, meaning there's the, the ob be a negative. There's, there will be no future literal 1,000-year reign of Christ. It's not going to happen um, on earth. Uh, generally, those who believe this look at the prophetic things regarding the second coming of Christ as being allegorical or symbolic. And there's some pretty intelligent teachers that uh, believe that. It's probably uh, the most 
popular teaching that's out there. Uh, so Catholicism is based in it, um, and uh, much of the Western, uh, the Western Christian denominations are also, uh, now they're all millennial. They might not have been um, 50 years ago or 100 years ago, but now they are. Uh, so you have all millennial. You also have post-millennial. Uh, that means that Christ will return after the church establishes a righteous kingdom on the earth. Uh, what this, the post-millennial one to me is, is kind of, you know, I shouldn't say laughable, but I mean, what it says is, is uh, and this is why you have a lot of groups out there that put doing good works ahead of studying the Bible. Um, you'll hear people say unhitch from the Old Testament. Um, you can't actually believe the book of Revelation. Some of that comes from the amillennial line, but a lot of it comes from the postmillennial line too. And the, the problem is, the, the, the thought is that man, uh, the world's going to be Christianized. We can see how well that's going. Uh, the world's going to be Christianized, and uh, because of that, after the whole world is Christianized, and we create this really awesome kingdom, then Jesus is going to return after the church establishes this righteous kingdom on earth. The church is going to do it, not Jesus. So that's basically a post-millennial. Um, this is why you see pastors and churches that really link arms with uh, like the World Economic Forum and the UN because th they have a post-millennial thought process. We're going to work together. We're going to Christianize the world and then the world's going to be perfect. So we must work with the UN and the World Economic Forum because they are so much smarter. Um, we've got these medical things to make the world better. That's primarily what it comes from, is the post-millennial side um, that, that, that develops. So when you have that as your theology, it, the application is going to come out that way. All right, so we have amillennial, we have post-millennial, and then the third one is we have pre-millennial. So pre-millennial is the literal interpretation of Scripture, like Harry Ironside, and holds that Christ will return at Armageddon and then establish or begin his millennial kingdom where he will rule and reign from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. Now, I don't think it's rocket science for you guys to figure out. I am pre-millennial. I believe Jesus is going to establish the millennial kingdom. Jesus is going to rule and reign. He's the king. Um, it, it's, it, it's not man-centered. We're not that great. We're not going to pull this thing off. We can see the disasters that there already are. Um, as things are just getting worse because, because we are not surrendered to Christ. But Jesus is going to come back. So I take a literal interpretation of the Bible. I don't uh, take these things to be allegorical or symbolic. Um, and uh, I take it literally. Uh, regarding a thousand-year kingdom, does the Bible actually teach that? Yes. Revelation chapter 20, verse 2. Satan is bound in chains for a thousand years. Revelation chapter 20, verse 3, uh, the nations uh, would not be deceived for a thousand years. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, the saints reign with Christ for a thousand years. Revelation 20, verse 5, until the thousand years are finished. So what we see over and over and over again, just in these four verses, we have a thousand years repeated, 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 repeated. Uh, what else do we have? Then we have another one. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. We will be priests of God and of Christ 
for 1,000 years. Again, uh, that's five times it's been repeated. Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. Again, at the end of the 1,000 years, Satan will be temporarily released from his change. Uh, from his change. So over and over and over again, uh, it's repeated there in Revelation chapter 20. I don't think God intends it to be allegorical. I believe it is actually uh, what the Bible um, says. L listen, if you take, take the teachings of the second coming of Christ literally, then it all starts to make sense, a mark of the beast. You look at what's going on right now, everybody's got to have an ID, um, we look at the laws they want to pass. Well, it all makes sense. When you look at Revelation chapter 13, you realize, well, there's going to be this global government. There's going to be this 10 a king system of elites that are running everything. We, we, when you take it literally, and the reestablishment of Israel back in the land, the Jews coming back into the land, you, you take these things literally, and it makes sense. When you say they're allegorical, well, what does it really mean? Well, when you start taking that approach, uh, what does anything in the Bible really mean? Once you start going the, down the, the path of allegory, because then you can make it mean whatever you want it to mean, and that's what people do when they say the book is just a bunch of fairy tales, right? Okay, so with that, in these uh, first set of verses, what do we have? We have the excellence of the future kingdom. In verse 1, what do we have? the mountain and the house of God that stands above all of the other mountains. Um, so what is that? That is talking about the temple of God in Jerusalem. That is going to be there. Look at this. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and the people shall flow to it. So that's what that's talking about. Uh, the temple of the Lord where Jesus rules and reigns. And man, we're going to be going and visiting him. Verse 3, the Lord will enforce his law and we will rule with him. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And when you look at the New Testament where, where Jesus talks about us being faithful while we're here on this earth and he's going to bless us with more things, ultimately that applies to the future millennial kingdom. When we, if you're a believer now, when you rule and reign with him, you wanna be as faithful as you possibly can. You look and go, man, what am I gonna to get to do for you in the millennial kingdom, Lord? Uh, verse four talks about the fig tree and the vine tree. Listen, you'll be able to plant your own. Look, look, look at this again. Everyone shall sit under his, under his vine and under his fig, and no one shall make him afraid. Nobody's gonna come and steal your, your, your grapes. No one's gonna come and steal your, your figs. You're gonna be able to drink your own wine. This is what this is saying. And you're gonna be able to sit under it. You're gonna have shade. You're, you don't have to worry right now. Many places you go, at least where I live, man, you feel like you go, you, you go out, man, you gotta watch your back. You, um, people pull over the side of the road, they run through an orchard, and they, they, I had an apple tree, have an apple tree. I had to put a fence around my apple tree because people will come onto my property. They get out of their car, go onto my property and steal my apples. Listen, that's, <laughs> they stole my apples, they would steal my pomegranates, they would steal my oranges, so I had to put a fence around everything. In, in the millennial kingdom, baby, you don't have to do that. Listen, this is also the time. Isaiah chapter 11 writes about the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leper shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. 
The cow and the bear shall graze, their young lion shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Wow, that is so cool. And look at this. What else do we have? Uh, the wolf. Whoops, something happened to mine. Uh-oh, I hit the wrong key. Let me get back here. Sorry about that. <clears throat> here we go. The nursing child shall also play by the cobra's hole, uh, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Man, it is going to be absolutely incredible when we think of uh, the millennial kingdom that is coming. Um, listen, there's no way I'm going to get through all of this that I have, so I'm going to have to finish the rest of it on Christmas. Um, <clears throat> but let me go through this part, and then I'm going to get to your questions, because I still want to read a few other things too. So let me get to this part. So I'll finish just the, this one point now. Or, or, uh, so what do we have under this first one? Uh, with We have the main point, Israel in glory. Look at this. We have the excellence of the future kingdom, verses 1 through 5 and the exiles of man's kingdom, verses 6 through 8. Let me read those. I'll connect a couple of dots. Then, I'm gonna, uh, then we're going to get to your questions. In that day, verse 6, Micah chapter 4, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame, I will gather the outcasts. Again, what are these? These are the exiles of man's kingdom. The people, listen, you start thinking, think of it this right now, right? With Canada saying, hey, euthanasia for the mentally ill right? This is going to develop. It's going to get worse. God says, they're the exiles of man's kingdom. Guess what? God says, in that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame, I will gather the outcast, and those whom I have afflicted, I will make the lame uh, a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on, even forever. And you, O tower of the flock, O the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. God says, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you strong. Uh, you've been uh, abused. You've been uh, made lame. The, the immediate application would have been for Syria and Babylon when they attacked Samaria and uh, Judah, respectively, and the people were, were hauled off. They were taken away. They were scattered to the four corners of the earth, especially at the time of the Roman persecution of 70 AD, and then uh, later on with Hadrian in 135 AD, that final mass diaspora where the Jews were scattered to the four corners of the earth. Uh, they were made lame, they were outcasts, and, and so forth. Um, but ultimately, God says, I'm going to bring it back. This is about Israel. This is what this is about, and it shifts to the last days. I'll show you that here in just a second. But don't forget, God will gather the outcasts and the lame of man's kingdom, anyone who comes to him. And again, I think of what they're doing in Canada and thinking, God says, no, I'm going to make you a great nation. But uh, this is what God says is going to happen. In the fulfillment of what we just read in Micah chapter 4, with God saying, I'm going to gather you back, this is what we see, Ezekiel chapter 36. What do we see? God says, for I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. That's uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, uh, verse 24. Then there's Jeremiah 31, verse 8, where the Bible says, Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the ends of the earth. There it is. 
uh, among them the blind and the lame, the woman with child, and the one who labors with child together, a great throng shall return there. So we have God saying, I'm going to gather them uh, from these different places. I'm going to bring them back. Ezekiel chapter 36, the dead bones prophecy. Jeremiah chapter 31 right here. Then we have this, Psalm 107, verses 2 and 3. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. So there it is. Uh, God says, I am going to bring them from everywhere, right? To the, from the ends of the earth, the previous verse I just showed you from Jeremiah. Now look at the, what this one says. From the hand of the enemy, from the, out of the lands, from where? The east, the west, the north, and the south. And then look at this one, Isaiah 43, verse 6. God says, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Uh, to me, this is totally cool when I look at this. Uh, and there's so many other verses. In fact, I had verse after verse after verse lined up. I was going to put in here for you guys. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to overwhelm you guys with verses. But I hope you got a screenshot of that. You can go back and watch this again later just for these four passages I pulled up. But God is not done with Israel. Jesus is coming back. Micah said, I'm going to bring you back, and it is going to be incredible. And then all of these other passages, I think of the, the preachers that are out there today that say, you know what, um, this stuff, uh, um, no, God's not going to gather Israel back so you hear him say, unhitch from the Old Testament. Why? Because it's too convicting. Uh, in fact, that kind of teaching leads to anti-Semitism, by the way. Um, but I, I look at this and think, um, listen, God's going to fulfill his word. And we, you and I are witnessing these things being fulfilled. Their ultimate fulfillment is still in the future. In fact, ultimately, these verses are fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. But God is bringing them back from the north. As he said in Isaiah 43, to the north I will say give them up. To the south do not keep them back. What's been happening from the north? The Jews coming back, uh, back home from Russia, coming out of Europe, out, out of the west. Um, not many Jews have left uh, America yet. But you know what? You and I are watching an increase in anti-Semitism. In fact, it's just horrible uh, what is going on. Uh, regarding anti-Semitism. If you can join me tomorrow with Olivier Milnick at 2 o'clock, that would be great. We're going to be talking about this, but we're seeing it. And it's, it's like constant, this constant flow. Uh, Israel's been reestablished as a nation again in 1948, uh, but these things are beginning to be beginning to be fulfilled. Listen, I'm going to get into more into the Millennial Kingdom next Sunday, Christmas, be my Christmas special, because there's no way I can finish the book, uh, uh, chapter 4 of Micah right now. But there's a couple of things I want to get to before we go to questions, right? I'll make them quick, uh, but here's, uh, here's one of them. This, uh, this comes out of um, uh, Agenda Weekly um, with Curtis Bowers. And here it is. Intelligence source says the CIA was behind the JFK assassination. I mean, I mean, you guys, you know, who watch this, most of you guys said, well, yeah, we've known that for years. Well, never wanted to admit it before, right? So the Biden administration released a new batch of files related to the JFK assassination. 
but it's withholding the last 3% for national security reasons. And I've heard what been, has been released has been uh, redacted quite a bit. Um, and then he quotes from Tucker Carlson. Now listen to this. Uh, this is just from the other night. Some of you saw this on Tucker Carlson. He says, uh, who spoke to an intelligence source who has seen the documents. Here's the quote. We spoke to someone who has access to these still hidden CIA documents. The person is deeply familiar with what they, are, they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? Get this. And here's the reply we received verbatim, exact quote. The answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It is all fake. Wow. It's all fake. Listen, I'm, there's lies on the left. There's lies on the right. Let me read that to you again. Did the CIA have a hand in the murder of JFK? Yes. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It is all fake. Now, I know that this is starting to come out and being admitted. So, you know, when I showed you the, uh, the, the article earlier about Governor Newsom saying um, Biden's border policies are horrible, they're destroying the country, no, I'm telling you, they're gonna. Somebody's got to be the fall guy. There's too much coming out with Twitter files. Regardless, I mean, listen, Elon Musk may be playing the right as much as he's playing the left. You know, I don't trust any of these people. Um, I mean, Elon Musk is a major, major, major supporter of abortion, but people jump on that bandwagon because he throws out this. Oh, I love that, right? Be very careful. Jesus said in that day. If possible, even the left would be deceived. Listen, the enemy wants to deceive people on the right and the left, but this is here. It's all fake. It's all fake. Um, we've been lied to, um, and we're being lied to. So we've got to be very careful. Listen, this is the only thing we have that we know is not a lie. What do they tell us about this? This is all fake. The, the, the false preachers that are out there, you know, you can't believe everything in here. Uh, certainly don't believe the prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. You know what? That's of the devil. The devil doesn't want that out there. You want to know why? Because it tells of his retirement plan. It tells of his end. It's not going to be good. He doesn't want that out there. And it also gives you strength. It builds your faith. It keeps you strong until that day when we are going home. It keeps you from being, it keeps you from being deceived. Listen, one of the number one things Bible prophecy does is it keeps you from being deceived deceived. Be, why? Well, when you read the prophecies, you go, wait a minute. The Bible said it was going to be this way. Hey, that's fake news coming from the left. Hey, that's fake news coming from the right. It keeps you from being deceived. Don't turn to the left or turn to the right. That's what the Bible says. You stay focused on the word. Damon Duck. I was got to quote Damon Duck. Seems like pretty much every Sunday night. Just a few things here Concern, concerning the Mideast piece that I quoted. He also quotes here from Danny Danone, which I also uh, showed you that one article. Danny Danone said this, um, I expect we'll see an agreement between Israel and, the Sa and Saudi Arabia this year, 2023. Woo, man. After Netanyahu is sworn in as Israel's new prime minister, his government's first priority will be to increase signatories to the Abraham Accords. Remember, like, I mean, you can't, it's like you, you can't make this stuff up. It's just a matter of time before courageous leaders step out of the shadows and full peace is achieved between all the children of Abraham. So that's what I had part of that quote 
with you earlier. All the children of Abraham. So I, I just wrap your head around this for just a minute, all right? I am not saying that the Abraham Accords is this of Daniel chapter 9 that's eventually going to be confirmed and work, right? Um, it, it might be, I don't know. There's a lot of different agreements that are out there. This one I find interesting. It's called the Abraham Accords. The way I see it, maybe I'm too simple-minded, but the only covenant with Abraham is God's covenant with Abraham, right? God made a covenant with Abraham. You follow the chain, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, on through the tribe of Judah, David to Jesus. You know, you, I mean, you follow the whole thing, the whole chain. God had one, there's one covenant with Abraham, was God. So we have it, this title's been taken, the Abrahamic covenant. Um, <laughs> you go, the whole thing's fake. I mean, this whole thing, you, you, the, I, you know, there's so much more I want to say. And um, you just go, wow. You know, you, you look at it. Now, why do they call it the Abrahamic covenant? Because you have Abraham uh, had a son Ishmael by Hagar. Abraham had a son Isaac by um, Sarah, right? But the covenant passed through the line of Isaac, Sarah to Isaac, not Hagar to Ishmael. But since both um, a Jew and um, the Arab nation say, hey, Abraham's our father, that's why, the, so they're able to say we have the Abrahamic accords. Man, that's just, you gotta admit it's fascinating. In Daniel chapter nine, the Bible says he'll confirm a covenant with many, and we have all these things going on. Very, very interesting. Um, Imam Muhad Tawhidi, vice president of the Global Imams Council, told the Jerusalem Post he believes Danan's assessment about Saudi Arabia is, is correct. Summit officials signed a document called Abraham Values Pledge, which is an agreement to adhere to tolerance, coexistence, and diversity, religion, and famine, family and economic peace. Again, you can't make this up. So in Isaiah chapter 28, what happens? Israel enters into an agreement the Bible tells us with Shul, with the pit, well, for to avoid the scourge. I mean, I mean, look at this. What is the scourge? What is going on? Why are they doing this? And I have a lot of friends over in Israel. Some are on board with this and some are not. But I'm looking at this. I, I just, I mean, there's money involved. It's going to promise peace and all these different things. And again, I am not saying the Abraham Accords is this covenant. But man, everything is just taking place all at, at, at this particular time. Concerning world peace, uh, world government, get this. Duck wrote on December 13th, just a few days ago, the Defender posted an article by Joseph Mercola, which I, I read also, um, but he put it into his own words, which makes it easier. Uh, the Great Reset will give people an electronic ID that will be connected to their bank account. We know that, health records, social credit score. The reason for giving people an ID number that is connected to their bank account, health records, and social score is to track and control them. Now, I want you to think about that. When you mention, well, yeah, we know that because Revelation chapter 13 talks about this mark of, ID, uh, of the beast, the ID, the data collecting, and all that. You bring that up to these people, and they just go, well, you actually believe that? And you go, well, you're actually doing this. You, yeah, but this is for our good. Well, yeah, that's how the whole system of the beast is set. It's for our good. So this, it's just a coincidence of Revelation 13. It talks about the mark of the beast. Don't you crazy Christians keep on bringing this stuff up. This is really for our good, having a social credit system so everybody can just get along. Uh, 
Something else in this, Mercola pointed out, every leader will be appointed, not elected. It'll be the end of democracy, as Damon Duck says. Think of this, uh, the rider on the white horse, a crown is given to him, right? You think of the 10 kings, they're not voted. The, the 10 kings of this final empire, they're not voted. Why do we have so many problems with what's going on with, you know, voting, right? Every leader will be appointed, not elected. Uh, here it is. This plan is real. It's being implemented now. Wow. Political, business, and cultural elites are using an international organization called the World Economic Forum to push this plan for their gain, which you know we know. Uh, those that think things are bad now uh, um, will find that they are infinitely worse when this plan gets fully implemented. Um, the goal, as we know, is 2030. Damon Dick also points that out. All right. One more thing, got to hear this last thing and I'm going to take your questions. So please get ready to bring in your questions. And Matthew, if you can pull up questions on here so I can see them on the screen, that would be great. So start getting ready to pull them in and put the word, put your question in all caps so I can see it easy. Um, okay, ready for this, this one? Did you guys get ready with your questions? Check this out. Uh, the World Economic Forum, you ready for this? Their next meeting, here it is, January 16 through 20, it is coming up. And what do you think they are going to be talking about? It's an invite-only meeting of about 2,500 globalists. Here's five topics they intend to discuss, and I can't wait to get into these with Brandon Holdhouse on December 31. Man, that is gonna be something else. Ready? Five topics. A new system to deal with energy and food crises. Hmm. A new system to deal with high inflation, low growth, and a bad economy. Hmm. A new system based on the use of technology. Hmm. Number four, a new system to deal with social issues. Hmm. Check, check, check. Number five, a new system to deal with dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world. I look at this and go, wow, wow, wow. Uh, Chad Thomas titled the message not too long ago on YouTube called, Wow, Just Wow. That would be, that's what this is. I, let me read these five to you one more time. Then I'm going to get to your questions. Here they are. January 16th through 20, World Economic Forum's going to be dealing with, think Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, all these guys who have your best interests involved. Here they are again. A new system to deal with the energy and food crises. A new system to deal with high inflation, low growth, and a bad economy. Number three, a new system based on the use of technology. Number four, a new system to deal with social issues. Number five, a new system to deal with dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world. Man, I look at this, I wonder how much longer they're gonna let me keep giving messages like this. <laughs> okay, so um, in, yeah, Brandon and I are definitely gonna get into this. He's gonna wanna know, hey, what do you wanna talk about? Say, so how about these five things with the World Economic Forum for what they wanna do to our world Folks, man, Jesus must be coming soon, but it's good. Micah chapter 4 says it's going to be awesome. Jesus is going to be ruling and reigning from Jerusalem. It's going to be really good. Okay, question. Melissa says, did you hear about the Catholic priest, Father Frank Pavone, who was stripped of his priestly title yesterday because he is very outspoken for pro-life? Melissa, I did. In fact, I was going to have that as one of my stories tonight. Uh, for anybody who's studying Bible prophecy, 
it's worth being aware of because very interesting what's happening within the Catholic Church with some of the leaders, although I disagree with certain things, obviously you have um, uh, uh, the, the bishop who's been outspoken, who I've quoted here many times. Uh, there's a few other Catholic priests that are out there that have a lot of clout that are also outspoken. They're outspoken against the Pope. They're saying the same things that you and I are saying about the Great Reset, everything else going on that we're not allowed to talk about. There's some that have been kicked off of, uh, of social media for all of these same reasons. What's really fascinating to me is within the Catholic Church, there, is, there are some people that are waking up um, to the truth. Uh, I hope they come to the truth of, of the Bible and, and what the, how the whole thing's gonna uh, come about, which maybe some of them would call me. Um, uh, but I, at the same time, within the Protestant church, just the opposite is happening. And these Protestant pastors are just going totally woke. Uh, it's like they, they agree with everything that the Pope has to say. So it's, it's interesting to watch, but yeah, he's pro-life, and I imagine there's some other things in there because he did resist, uh, post some resistance against the Pope, and I don't think that has gone along uh, uh, very well for him either. But it is fascinating to watch. Maybe I'll use that for one of my stories this week. But I was going to have it tonight. It's a long story, so I didn't get into it. But good question. Van uh, Reichlerfer says, uh, do you think God is working on a 7,000-year calendar since Jesus is going to reign 1,000 years, which would be day 7 since Adam was created nearly 6,000 years ago? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, Hosea 5, 15, and 6, verses 1 and 2. Okay, I'll, I'll say this, Van. Yes, I do, because... Uh, with Hosea on the third day, um, uh, I'm trying to think of exactly what it is, how Hosea words it. The third day we will rise is what I think Hosea is. Second uh, Peter, thousand uh, a day is as a thousand years, thousand years is as a day. I do believe that here, but I, I would just caution you all on this: is uh, don't get hung up on counting just the days because there's all these different calculations that I know people have done. So far, they've all been wrong. Sooner or later, um, somebody's going to be right. Um, but uh, when I do believe it also gives us a very good indication. Excuse me. Some people would be upset with me for saying this, but I can say it. It gives, it gives me the understanding that we are very close. So we have all of these different events. I mean, just some of the things we talked about tonight. And you look at them, and you go, all these things are happening that are huge in Bible prophecy world. And then you start looking at a thousand years as a day, six days, six thousand years, seventh day, seven rest, the thousand year millennial kingdom very well may be. Okay, let's go next question. Here is Pucklage. Does the Bible explicitly say that the millennium takes place on earth? Is there a, can you go back, it just scrolled up. I just lost the question. You go back the other way a little bit. It won't go back. Right there, that's good. Is there a possibility that it occurs in heaven before the New Jerusalem? No, the Bible is very clear. We're going to have a transformed earth. And then at the end of the thousand years, we have a new heaven and a new earth uh, and a new Jerusalem that descends out of heaven. Uh, so it's very, it's very clear. In fact, you look at um, passage after passage after passage about what the millennial kingdom is going to be like. It describes Israel. It describes the Mideast. It describes the vineyards. It describes the topography of the world and so forth. It, it is uh, clearly uh, this planet with even the animal kingdom being changed and everything. Jesus comes back. Um, uh, think of it like this. This is also part of the problem. 
is that there are those who claim, okay, uh, we would be the same in, in agreement with them in we're only saved by grace through faith in, in Christ Jesus, right? He came the first time, he, uh, and because we trusted him for the forgiveness of sins, my sin was transferred over to him. So on the cross, I recognize he died for, he was judged for my sin, he died for my sin, right? So when I die, I'm not gonna be judged for my sin because Christ was judged for my sin. Then he was buried and he rose the third day and then he ascended in heaven. And because he died and rose, because my hope is in him and he was judged for my sins, therefore I have the hope of the resurrection. As he ascended to heaven, I'm gonna ascend to heaven too, okay? Now here's the problem when we think Jesus isn't coming back to earth, is that if he's not coming back to earth, then it's a huge theological problem because um, Jesus died and we are saved, but he also is redeeming creation. Remember, creation suffers under the curse. And when we, when, because of the curse of sin that Adam and Eve brought into this world, Adam brought into this world, and because of this, listen, Jesus didn't go up into heaven and say, well, I, man, I won half the battle, but I lost Jerusalem, I lost earth. In fact, I lost all of this creation down here. I lost the Jewish people. Um, uh, and and Satan, won, Satan won planet earth and he won Jerusalem. No, Jesus is coming back to claim what is rightfully his. In fact, when you look at Revelation chapter six, I believe Revelation chapter six, what the seal is, the, seven, the scroll is, that seal with seven seals, is a title deed to the earth. In fact, I was, uh, before I was a pastor, I had this uh, position in this title insurance company. I was known as a title officer. And my job for about 10 years was to determine if someone's gonna buy a piece of property from somebody else, all the judgments need to be rectified. They all need to be paid in full before the new owner takes it. Well, guess what? When you have the title deed to the earth, Jesus is gonna make sure all the judgments are paid in full before he comes back. So, hope that makes sense to you guys. Okay, uh, next question. What do we have here? Uh, let's scroll up. Uh, let me see if you can come up with trying to read that. Um, let me see. See if I can come up with questions here. Hold on just a second. Bear with me, everyone, please. Question, it is, this is from Daniel on the app. Should I be going to a church that believes you can lose your salvation? Um, okay, here's the deal. I, I know of a church that's not too far from here Listen, Calvary Chapel, I, I, I am a loosely affiliated Calvary Chapel pastor. Chuck Smith, uh, who founded Calvary Chapels, he um, believed that you could lose your salvation. I believe you cannot lose your salvation. And, and I have a couple of Calvary pastor friends that totally believe Bible prophecy, or, I mean, just like I do, but they believe you can lose your salvation, and they're, they're good pastors. I just, I just think they're wrong on that. So, um, yeah, Aaron Haney, could Antichrist be half human and half computer like Yuvaldo or Harari says the next generation will be? I think it is possible that the Antichrist will be augmented uh, in that sense. Um, I have some friends that say, no, it won't be augmented. Uh, this thing's going to come about really fast. But it could be that which makes Antichrist seem godlike. Uh, because he's augmented. 
He's going to be, he's going to be, let me put it this way, he'll be fully human but augmented with, with a computer. I think like Neuralink or something like that. I think it's quite possible uh, because to have information just downloaded into your brain. Uh, Antichrist is going to seem like God to the people. So imagine having access in his brain to these databases of the world to get information about you while you're talking to him. He's going to know everything about you. Probably know more about you than you know about you because of all the data that's ever been inputted uh, with of you, your DNA and everything else. So I believe personally that it is going to um, uh, happen that way. Okay, next question. Saul to Paul says, are you aware... That 666 is a common saying in China question. Are you aware that China also has QR code, cell phone app, hand and face scan for it? Yes, I've been talking about that for quite some time, as a matter of fact. But thank you, um, uh, Saul, Paul, the 666 part, uh, no, but the rest, uh, yes. Thank you, Saul, Paul. I'll check into that 666 part. Um, kind of reminds me of the Bill Gates and the quantum dot tattoo stuff. Um, and the 666 patent number. Diane Williams says, I've always wondered if some will be exempt from the CBDCs, central bank digital currencies like illegal aliens, since nothing is enforced regarding them to wreak havoc on citizens. Your thoughts? I don't think so. I think every, everybody's going to be required CBDCs for a couple of different reasons. One of them is that they've got to get compliance, right? The other thing is, If you start, if they go to a CD, CBDC system, a digital currency system, then how will the illegal aliens get food? They won't be able to, right? Unless they are doing their own illegal activities, exchanging things with and of themselves. Of course, there could be warehouses that are set up just for illegal aliens that would tick off people like you're saying, uh, but I, I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think they're going to need everybody to be as compliant as Uh, they can possibly get in order for them to be able to uh, make sure that their plan uh, does, go, uh, does go forth. Okay, uh, next question. Um, Seer says, millions of children will die. I don't see how God will allow that. Rapture ready. Uh, much love, Tom. Uh, Jim, I'm not sure exactly what your question is. So, but thank you. Love you too, brother. Even though I don't even know you, I appreciate so much the encouragement. Listen, you guys are great. I love doing this. I wish I could see you all in person, but uh, th this, is, this, is, this is fun to do. Um, question, lowly man for Christ. Antichrist and false prophet uh, to lake of fire, no white throne judgment, transhumanism or serpent seed judgment meant for the man so they are not true man. Um, so, okay, well, that's your point, okay. Uh, Van Reischerdorfer, uh, Genesis 48 verse 19 says, Ephraim's seed... Uh, I just lost it. Ephraim's seed shall become a multitude of nations. What nations are they? Um, Ephraim's seed, that would be a tribe of, tribe of uh, uh, Jacob, Israel. Um, so let me go back to um, the other question about Antichrist and false prophet not being uh, at the white throne judgment, but sent uh, straight to the lake of fire, which burns forever and ever and ever. Um, because they're not men. Listen, they are going to be men. Uh, they may be augmented with machine, both false prophet and antichrist. They very well may be, but they're still going to be men. I mean, if you just throw a computer into the lake of fire, that doesn't mean anything. So 
it's not they can't be just machines the lake of fire would have no no effect on them uh whatsoever uh caught up says uh, do you think the four horsemen of the apocalypse will be represented by actual men good question man i've had that come up a lot lately so this is what what i believe when it comes to the four horsemen of the apocalypse and uh, I know I get, I'm getting a lot of pushback on it lately, which is fine. So the traditional view of, you have the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. Uh, the traditional view is the white horse is antichrist. And then you have the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. And they'll say, well, it's just war. It's just famine. It's just economic collapse. It's just pestilence with the next three horses. Well, it doesn't make sense. If you interpret the white horse as being a person, antichrist, then you have to interpret the red horse as being led by a person, the black horse, and the pale horse. You, you can't, you can't, uh, you have to apply the same type of, uh, of uh, uh, hermeneutics to, uh, to all the horsemen. You can't apply this to that one and that one to another one and, and, and make it fit your, your thinking. You gotta apply it the same. Okay, with that, uh, what I believe with the white horse is, could be Antichrist, but I personally believe with the white horse is, is the spirit of Antichrist, probably the system of the beast with the people that put it together, the leaders at the top. And Antichrist is probably a part of it, probably behind the scenes at that point. Um, Antichrist comes up later when you look at it from Daniel chapter seven. Yeah, you have to have, uh, listen, before you have the mark of the beast, th there's a few things that have to take place. Um, you have to have a confirmation of the covenant Daniel chapter 9, you have to have 10 kings, and then you have to have out of the 10 kings, there has to be another king, the 11th king. So uh, with that, when I look at the white horse, I look at this Antichrist system, system of the beast, would probably be the best way of, of saying it, system of the beast, and the beast could, the Antichrist could be the one that's leading it behind the scenes, quite possible. As such, I believe you have to interpret all four of the horsemen the same way. You have the red horse. War doesn't just happen. I mean, so I just read this article to you by Curtis Bowers. Been all over the news if you look enough for it. The CIA involved in the takedown of John F. Kennedy. And then, as he says here, this guy who was interviewed, it's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. Listen, you look at what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Listen, I mean, come on. You can't believe this, that there's not really bad people all the way around, they'll want war. Um, so I look at it and go, you, you bring war, you can bring destruction, you get compliance from people. Uh, what else do you have? You have the rider on the black horse. You and I are watching the economy looking like it's just absolutely tanking. We know it's going to. Something is holding it back from collapsing. Ultimately, Jesus, the restrainer's gonna be removed. Jesus go, you're on, you, you got it, you want it, and it will be a judgment. The whole thing's gonna collapse. But when it collapses, the elite are not going to be harmed. They're going to be at the top, and the rest of the world is just going to be absolutely demolished with famine and disaster. And, and in fact, in, uh, with the black horse, and these again, you look at you look at these elite rulers, right? That's what the the, the, the bankers, you know, the, you look at the system they're putting together uh, and, and collapsing. So you, you look at the black horse. What do you have? You have a day's wage for a loaf of bread, but do not harm the oil or the wine. It's the scales that are imbalanced. The oil and the wine is the food of the elite. 
uh, the loaf of bread, that's for everybody else, whether it be barley or wheat, right? That's everybody else. Don't harm the oil or the wine. The people at the top that are calling the shots, the elite, they aren't going to be harmed by it. So what Revelation teaches is the same thing we're reading about. These people at the top, they're going to collapse everything. We're all going to be hurt. So I do believe it is not, it's not just something that just happens. I believe you, with the rider on the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. The pale horse brings death by pestilence, um, uh, death by the sword, death by famine, uh, death by catastrophe, death by pestilence, and the beasts of the earth. Yeah, so I believe it, these are planned, but it is, the only reason they happen is because God, the restrainer's God. Uh, re, uh, the restrainer's removed, gone. God removes his hand from restraining these evil leaders from doing what they want to do. So we have the great war that breaks out, then the great economic collapse and the famine and the pestilence. So uh, that's how I see it. Listen, I'm out of time. Um, I wish I could get to more of your questions. Tomorrow I'll be taking questions. I'll be with Olivier. Tuesday I'm taking questions. I'll be with Alex Newman. We're talking about COP27, these, these laws that are coming, folks. It's going to be crazy program on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, it's just me and you taking questions on the app. Um, and don't forget, two weeks from yesterday, I'll be live with uh, Brandon Holdhouse for New Year's Eve. I hope that you can join us. Um, oh, by the way, I do have an Israel trip coming up in May. I'll start the online registration for Hope for Our Times in about three weeks. It's going to be May 10th through May 19th. Um, and uh, until then, listen, God bless you all. Uh, look forward to seeing you all later on in the week. If not, have Merry Christmas and uh, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Bye. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope for Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.